We want to know, what do you think of podcasts? What do you want to hear about? Share your opinion and you could win a $100 Amazon gift card. Visit amsa.org slash survey to take our brief survey so that we can help you grow as a physician in training. Creativity is a critical component of medicine and science, yet many future health professionals struggle to balance their own creative passions with their medical training, even as those passions serve as an outlet for the intense emotions of medical school. Welcome to the AMSA AdLib Podcast, where you'll hear from med students and experts alike. I'm your host, Christine Camizio. MD-PhD student and poet Lee Hong has given this divide some thought, and even reflected on it in her own work. Her poem, The Year of Non-Creative Thinking, featured in the New Physician Magazine's 2015 Creative Arts issue, addressed it directly. Lee spoke with frequent contributor Perry Tsai, who happened to be a fellow MD-PhD student. Here's Lee leading off with her poem. Look, there's something I need to get off my chest. This was the year of non-creative thinking. I sat under perpetually fluorescent light, pale, wondering what I'm doing here. The year of non-swimsuit tan. Confidence, that's another one. I lost confidence. It seeped out of my veins till no color remained as I swirled my glass of red wine at one free networking event after another, in my little black dress. The year of non-small talk. Am I even real? When I talk, is my voice merely a recording? Like one of those vinyls sold by hipsters with horn-rimmed glasses who think they're so bohemian? The year of non-listening. I spoke in one cliché after another, clicked dutifully on each Facebook like, until one day I put down my pen and stopped writing poems. The year of non-creative thinking. My name is Lee Hong, and I'm a fifth-year MD-PhD student at the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill School of Medicine. Hello, my name is Perry Tsai. Lee submitted a poem to the new physician uh, for the 2015 Creative Arts Collection. And the title of your piece was The Year of Non-Creative Thinking. So how long have you been writing? Well, uh, I remember the first poem I wrote was in second grade. And um, I remember when I was in second grade that I thought it was really strange that my dad's socks had a lot of holes in them. And so that was my inspiration for writing a poem about holes. And um, the punchline, of course, at the end was that there were holes in my dad's socks. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I think uh, for me, poetry has always been a way to express myself and to take in whatever I observe in the world around me and turn it into a form that makes sense to me. Mm -hmm. And for me, that was poetry. And was it usually just a hobby for you or did you pursue it in the classroom or in publishing or competitions like that? Uh, I think it started out as a hobby. Um, and then in around middle school age, um, our English teachers would try to get us to write our own poems. And um, through kind of completing those assignments, um, my teachers really encouraged me to keep going with it. And so um, I remember in middle school, I entered a couple local and state competitions. And then in high school, actually, I 
went a little bit more uh, deeply into pursuing um, writing poetry. And so I did a lot of submissions to local scholarship competitions, for example, or the local university contests as well. And so um, I've had a couple of my pieces uh, published through through those um, competitions. And I actually uh, was a finalist for a scholarship my senior year of high school on a series of poems I wrote. And did you ever think that writing could have been a career for you? I kind of toyed around with it playfully to my parents, but um, they would always kind of laugh and say very gently, well, honey, you know, you can always write on your own time or, you know, write on, um, write as part of your job. Um, And I think in hindsight, um, they were really trying to um, kind of protect me in a way. Um, I think, you know, at the time I was pretty naive about realistically how difficult it would be um, to pursue anything creatively full time. And it really takes both talent, drive, and a little bit of luck that um, I, you know, I probably, I probably would have quit at some point early on. Um, But I think it never really left me. And, um, and I think even now as a medical student, um, it's still um, such a big part of how I process um, the things that are going around Mm -hmm. me. So talk a little bit more about that. How is writing or the creative process, how are you incorporating that into your medical education? A lot of it is uh, the same kind of process I did since I was a little kid, which is to kind of um, take an objective look at what's going on um, and try to kind of think about, well, how does this make me feel? And what are some of the images or sounds or tastes or smells that come out of um, this observation and then trying to distill that into words. Um, So I remember one of my more poignant examples in medical school was when we were starting anatomy lab and we had, um, so we had our first meeting with our cadaver and we opened the bag and something that struck me immediately was that my cadaver's toenails were painted pink. And um, that really kind of scared me a little bit at first. And then it made me think about the kind of person she was to have taken such good care of herself even right before she died, that she would have taken the time to paint her toenails. And then I turned that into a poem. So yeah, it's just little moments here and there that may make me stop and think, well, hang on, what is, what's going on here? And what does this really mean? And, and trying to process that. So when did you write this piece? Was it um, in reference to a specific time in your education? So I wrote this piece during my fourth year of being an MD-PhD student, so my second year of graduate school. And by that point, um, I had my thesis project ready to go, and I was pretty much um, in the lab full time. So by my second year of grad school, I'd finished all my coursework, done my qualifying exam. And now it was just really, um, and I was entering into this sort of nebulous world that graduate school is, which is just, you know, 
doing your research. And um, there wasn't a specific moment that inspired me to write this poem. It was more of a series of weeks and months that led me to this feeling that I was becoming a one-dimensional person. I would go into lab, do my work, leave lab, and then kind of do it all over again. And in the process, I was kind of losing my sense of purpose, um, losing my sense of creativity. And I noticed that. And so I think one day I just kind of stopped and thought, well, why is this happening? And um, what does this mean for me and for my research moving forward? I can't always be like this. Something has got to change. And so um, in reflecting on that, I decided to write this poem about that feeling of just going through the motions and not really living in the moment. And do you think that this feeling of one-dimensionality or um, non-creative thinking, as you put it, is this something that you also felt during medical school at all, or is this something you've heard from other medical students? Well, so because I haven't done my clinical years yet, um, I can't really speak to that. But I do know that physician burnout is a pretty common thing. And um, I already started to see some of it in my medical school classmates um, during their third year and fourth year of medical school. And I think that feeling of burnout really just comes from that sense that we're all giving our 100% best effort. I think that's what medicine calls us to do. But in giving 100%, we lose that percent of us that is so integral to who we are and how we express ourselves. And um, I think if we lose track of that and um, don't feed that side of us regularly, that it does lead to feelings of being burnt out, of feeling lonely and feeling like um, there's no hope, which is, you know, kind of sad in a way because all of us, I'm sure, entered medicine with so much enthusiasm and joy and curiosity and awe and wonder of, of the human body. And yet we come out of medical school feeling quite the opposite. What are some ways that you've been able to incorporate uh, the creative process, creative writing, creative thinking um, into your time uh, as an MD-PhD student? Well, um, in 2013, I was part of the AMSA Medical Humanities Scholars Program, or MHSP. And through that program, I had the really wonderful opportunity to meet some other medical students who were also um, creatively inclined and wanted to feed their creative side. And I also got to meet physicians who um, incorporate art into their daily lives and in their practice. Um, we've met doctors who write about their experiences, um, doctors who are artists, painters, um, sculptors, pretty much the whole gamut of creative expression. And through that program, I realized that incorporating creative arts into our lives as physicians is so important because it not only connects us to our patients, but it also 
fuels us in a way that no amount of sleep or food or money can even provide. It provides food for the soul in a sense. And so I walked away with from that program feeling um, not only that creative writing is something that's going to be part of my life, but also that there are practical ways to get published, for example, or to share um, our creative thoughts and feelings and writings with others. And you actually revived a literary arts um, publication here at UNC, right? That's right. So during my first year of medical school, I noticed that there was really no creative outlet for medical students and faculty to um show their artistic works of whether it was creative writing or paintings or photography. And I was really struck by that because in other medical schools, I've seen lots of thriving art communities. And I wanted to bring that to UNC. And so um, through the Office of Student Affairs, I found out that there used to be a creative arts publication called Iris that was discontinued in the mid-2000s. And so I decided that I would bring it back into an online form, which made it much easier for us to distribute and to recruit people to submit their works. And in our first year, we actually got over 40 submissions, which is really great, um, from medical students, faculty, and um, some alums as well. And so... um, Iris, in its online form, is now in its third year, I believe, third or fourth. I lose track of time nowadays. Um, And every year we've gotten more and more people really interested, and it kind of shows me that um, there's such a profound and um, deep interest in creative arts and creative expression that that we as medical students and physicians are always going to strive for. Do you have any advice for other medical students who are looking for outlets or ways to incorporate creativity into their education? Well, uh, there are a surprising number of publications that will accept um, submissions from medical students, whether it's about medicine or just about anything in general. For example, AMSA has a magazine, The New Physician, and that's how I was able to get my poems published. But there are also plenty of other medical journals that will accept submissions. And a lot of this information is available online if you just search for medical arts journals or something like that. You'll be able to find something. As far as um, incorporating creativity and being inspired by the creative arts in our day-to-day lives. Something that I've started to do is carry around a little notebook with me. And anytime something kind of strikes me as interesting or inspires me, I just jot it down in my notebook. For other people, that might be a smartphone app, but for whatever reason, that pen and paper just seems to do it for me. So we talked a little bit about um, how... Our experiences in science or in medicine will sometimes stifle our creative thinking or creative process or the creative parts of our lives, our souls. Um, but do you think that 
creativity in the broad sense actually supports or enhances your ability to do science as a graduate student or to do medicine as a medical student or a future physician? Absolutely. I think at the heart of science, medicine, and creativity is this idea of curiosity. I think that a lot of the really great physicians and scientists in our world, um, Nobel laureates, for example, they all came into the work that they did with a sense of curiosity about the world around them. Uh, this year, we actually had the great honor of uh, having one of our faculty being awarded the Nobel laureate in chemistry. And he talked about how he first got started in this idea of DNA repair in medical school. And I thought that was really great because um, I think we all kind of come into medicine with a sense of curiosity about the human body. And that's the perfect place where creativity, wonderment, and science and medicine can all come together. Because it's, it's our creative side that inspires us to even ask the questions and science and medicine provide us with the tools to be able to answer those questions. Right. And we are almost charged to be creative or innovative because in science and medicine, we always want to be asking new questions to be pushing the boundaries. Um, but the flip side of that is when we're medical students, we have to learn about everything that's come before us, right? Um, which is like the, the rote memorization part. Um, and uh, you have to take that and turn it into further critical thinking and further creativity um, to ask those questions and um, to get that curiosity about the things that we don't know. Yeah, um, And you have exactly. to be able to... But you have to know a lot of things before you can start asking questions, start knowing how to address the things that we don't know. Yeah. I look back on my uh, first two years of medical school um, rather fondly in the sense that it laid down the foundation for me to begin to ask those questions in my research. Um, so, for example, during my second year of medical school, I was really struck by how there were so few treatments for autoimmune diseases and yet it is so prevalent and affects virtually every organ in our body, like the brain, the gut, the thyroid. I mean, the list goes on and on. And yet the treatments haven't really been able to help our patients. And the treatments we do have have a lot of really bad off-target side effects. And so during uh, that time when I was learning about all these diseases, I started asking those questions of why is it that we don't have enough treatments for autoimmune disease? And that sort of inspired me to find a lab that does research on autoimmunity. Um, and so I think ultimately being creative in medicine is really about having that sense of wonderment and that sense of, like you said earlier, pushing the boundaries and um, always trying to kind of think of why things are the way they are and what can we do to change them. 
Thanks, Lee, for uh, your thoughts today and for your submission. And hopefully uh, you've inspired other medical students to uh, incorporate more creative thinking. And I hope that you'll continue writing and submitting in the future. Thank you, Perry. AMSA Adlib is brought to you by the American Medical Student Association. I'm your host, Christine Camizio. This episode was produced by Pete Thompson, Perry Tsai, and myself. Joshua Caulfield is the show's executive producer, and Dr. Kelly Tibbert is AMSA's national president. Do you think your MCAT test day went wrong? Tune in next week to hear how one student's MCAT journey turned into a nightmare, and how she overcame a testing glitch and having mono, among other hurdles, to get where she is today. We hope you enjoyed the episode, and thank you for listening.